You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center here in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. And coming up on this episode of Locked On Sooners, Kyler Murray still has not made his decision about the NFL or Major League Baseball or even coming back to OU. Johnny Manziel certainly had some opinions on that. We'll tell you what those opinions are. And I'll let you know if I agree with Johnny Manziel on his opinions. Also, Hollywood Brown has decided to head to the NFL What does that mean for OU in the next season and why I'm not worried? And maybe I should be a lot more worried than what I actually am about Hollywood Brown going to the NFL, but there is a big reason why I never worry about OU on the offensive side of the ball. In segment number two, Dana Holgerson splits for Houston. We talked about this a little bit, but we'll give you an update on some of the names being mentioned for the West Virginia job and talk about... Whether or not it reflects poorly on the Big 12, I have a friend that said this is a bad look for the Big 12 because you've got a coach leaving for a group of five school going from a power five school. And is this something that the Big 12 should be concerned about? In my opinion, not so much, but it does hammer home a point uh, that we've known about the Big 12 for a long time. What exactly that point is, we'll discuss that. And then finally, OU falls in Kansas on Wednesday night in Allen Fieldhouse. Really not that big a surprise. However, for as good as OU played, I'm sort of worried that some people are taking that as a moral victory. And if I'm long Kruger, you shouldn't take it as a moral victory at all. OU did play good enough at times to win that game. They just didn't play a full 40 minutes So how should OU take that loss to Kansas and what should they do with it when they go forward for the rest of their schedule here in the Big 12? My name is Eric G. I'm the co-host of Game Day Saturday on News Radio 1000 KTOK and 1340 The Game. Those are both proud members of the iHeartMedia family. I'm a credentialed member of the media. I've been lucky enough to cover OU basketball and football now for about five years. I'm an OU grad and I run a website called Sooner Maven where we do um, what I call them, video columns. We post the podcast there. We put articles on that page from other sources, and we ask you to get involved in the conversation. And if you would like to get involved in the conversation at Sooner Maven, go to collegesports.io slash Oklahoma. That's collegesports.io slash Oklahoma. And... Get involved. I would love to have your support. You can also follow me at Sooner Maven on Twitter and, of course, at Locked On Sooners. And, um, hey, we carry the conversation there. Let's jump into it. Kyler Murray still has not made his decision on whether or not he should go to the NFL or go play Major League Baseball. Certainly, there's more money guaranteed in the NFL. And in Major League Baseball, you have to work your way through the minors, which is a good point that Johnny Manziel makes on a recent podcast with Barstool Sports where he says that he has seen some of the best players that he's ever been around, whether they went from high school to play in college, then they got drafted, and unfortunately, they never made it out of the minors. There's select few. And there was a baseball coach I used to talk to all the time in New New Mexico, um, who was the head coach of the University of New Mexico, and he said, the thing you have to be careful of When you sign a contract in Major League Baseball, when you go into the minors, is that 
the guys with guaranteed money or the guys that have the bigger contracts, they're the ones that are more coveted by the organization that you're in and they are going to get more of the benefit of the doubt. So if you're an A-ball and you're killing it and this one guy is struggling but he's drafted higher than you and they've got more money tied up in him, they're going to give him opportunities that they are not necessarily going to give you because they have made that investment. No matter how good you are, if they've made the investment in somebody else, he moves ahead of you, especially if you're playing the same position. Now, you could stay down and continue to work your way up and continue to show value, and maybe you show value enough where it's not necessarily the organization that you were picked in, but you get traded and somebody else wants you and you're able to succeed. Kyler Murray, the thing you have to remember, as I tell you that, Kyler Murray was drafted in the first round by the Oakland A's. They've already got $4 million tied up in him. He is going to get opportunities that people picked in later rounds are not going to get because it's important for the A's for Kyler Murray to succeed whether they're going to bring him up and have him in the organization or whether or not they're going to use to trade him later so they can get somebody else to help him. But certainly, he will get his chances to prove to the A's that he can play baseball. He's also going to be behind everybody because he's been playing football this whole time and his baseball skills he hasn't been working on. If you get drafted in the first round of the NFL, you're going to make more money guaranteed than what the A's have, and then you go right to the top level and you don't have to work your way up. All that being said, as treacherous of a path as baseball could be, and as you're in a situation where nothing is guaranteed, and if nothing is guaranteed, not to get on, <laughs> not, not to sound like Eric Stratton from Delta House and Animal House, but if nothing is guaranteed, then the average football career is about, what, three years, two and a half years? I'm going to stick with Major League Baseball because if I really want to play sports for a living, whether I'm in the minors or in the majors, I got a better opportunity of doing that longer than I do if I play football. Not to mention, it all goes back to the lifestyle after football and so many guys in the NFL get so beat up, banged up, and it's not just head, head, it's knees and everything else. And you just don't see those type of injuries in Major League Baseball. I got to think, it, for me, it's it's just not that tough a decision. I know it is for a lot of people because they want to see Kyler Murray play football. And I know Kyler Murray loves football. But baseball seems to be his better path. I'm also, if I'm Kyler Murray, there's no chance that I'm coming back to OU for a second year. As much as some OU fans would would love to see that, but you've kind of had your year of college football. You've done about everything you could do except win a national championship, and with OU having to replace three people on the offensive line next year, your best weapon being gone, chances are OU could fall back a little bit in the Big 12 next year and not have the same opportunities that they did this year. Again, this isn't even a coin flip for me. It's all about Major League Baseball, and Kyler Murray, when I hear him talk, sounds, while he's being vague and he leaves the door open, it certainly sounds like right now he knows what that commitment is and it's all about just dealing with the finality that the football career is over and moving on from it, which a lot of us have to do in life. But Kyler Murray, I, I'm i just going to say right now, I bet he is in, I bet he goes to Arizona and I bet he plays for the Oakland A's. And if I'm wrong on that, well then, hey, it would not be the first time. 
that I'm wrong on something. We mentioned Hollywood Brown. Let's talk about him for a second. Hollywood Brown going to the NFL. Uh, what does that mean for OU? Well, C.D. Lamb's coming back. Grant Calcaterra's coming back. I think Lee, Lee Morris is coming back as well uh, next year. So let's just look at the, the receivers who are who are coming back for for OU in in the upcoming year. You've got let me see who all did I mention? Grant Calcaterra is coming back. Um, Jalen Robinson is coming back. Charleston Rambo should be there. Lee Morris. I mean, and honestly, you've got some five-star recruits in there that, that might be able to play right away. And if not, um, you're at least going to get four games to see if they can contribute or whether or not they could be, it, whether or not they need to be in redshirt. But I just don't worry about OU on the offensive side of the ball. As long as Lincoln Riley and Bill Bedenboe and Cal Gundy are at the helm, OU seems to do a very good job of developing talent on that side of the ball. And whether Austin Kendall is playing quarterback next year or somehow Spencer Rattler shows up on campus and dominates during fall camp and he gets an opportunity to play quarterback next year or whether or not there's whether or not it's it's one of the Tanners they get to play and I'm thinking more Tanner Mordecai I think OU will be fine I, I OU's at worst going to be what top two in the Big 12 next year picked in the top two of the Big 12 next year have an opportunity to go play for the Big 12 championship and be right in position again to be in the college football playoffs. It's really all on the defensive side of the ball where my concern is. And right now, there is no movement on that defensive coordinator position. I would have thought that if it was going to be Alex Grinch, that the decision would have already been made. And Alex Grinch would be signed uh, shortly after shortly after the Rose Bowl, that Alex Grinch would have been signed, he would have been delivered in Norman, and he would have been here getting things ready for the spring, but that has yet to be the case. And for Pete Golding, if it's him, then you're really only having to wait a few more days to, to get that done. You let Alabama go play in the national championship game, whether they win or lose, and then 24 hours after that game, then you make the signing for Pete Golding. That's why I think it's probably going to be him. And this is this is all just speculation at this point. But if it was a guy like Alex Grinch, you could have that thing wrapped up right now and just be moving on down the road. But if you're still waiting for Pete Golding's answer, then you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, but National Signing Day is coming up, and Lincoln Riley, with his extension, has stability in the program. But that side of the ball has got to get taken care of sooner rather than later. And with Lincoln Riley, with OU, there's so much talk about wanting to be Alabama 2.0. Well, it's time to start delivering on Alabama 2.0. And the best way to do that is make sure that you're rock solid on both sides of the ball, which OU hasn't been for quite some time. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next here on LOS, coaching moves in the Big 12. Dana Holgerson leaves. We'll give you an update on some of the guys that have interviewed for that West Virginia job. More importantly, I think more importantly for this podcast because you have such access to instant information that what is the whole what is Holgerson leaving to go to Houston from West Virginia say about the Big 12? Not as much as you think, but it does hammer home one point that we've known all along. And I'll tell you what that is next coming up on the Locked On Sooners podcast. 
Don't forget to make a New Year's resolution to cut down on your cable bill and do so by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. Get a seven-day free trial of Sling TV and cut back on what you're not watching. Just pay for the stuff that you want to watch, right? I mean, isn't that the way that you should do with anything in life? If you go to a restaurant, I mean, if you didn't order something, they're not going to make you pay for that. If you didn't buy the salad bar, they don't make you pay for the salad bar. All they make you pay for is your entree. So just pay for the entree when it comes to television through Sling TV. And again, that's sling.com slash locked on. And for about $30 a month, you can get all the TV you watch and none of the stuff you don't. That's Sling TV, sling.com slash locked on for a seven-day free trial. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have episodes of Locked On Thunder available at LockedOnThunder.com and at LockedOnPodcast.com and through Google and Alexa, which is so easy. Alexa, play Locked On Thunder Podcast. Hey, Google, play Locked On Thunder Podcast. It's all there, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And there's always Stitcher, Spotify, Alexa, and iTunes, and Google. I mentioned in there, started going through the old rant, which I've had to change it up ever since uh, we've started doing things a little bit differently here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Dana Holgerson makes it official. He is on his way to West, or not West Virginia. He's leaving West Virginia to go to Houston, which I think is a fantastic move. Uh, because West Virginia is is limited in, in what you can accomplish. I mean, there might be a year once every 10. It seems like now that you might have an opportunity to go to the college football playoff. And maybe every five, you got an opportunity to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. But I don't see West Virginia as a perennial contender for a conference championship in the Big 12. If, in fact, Texas is back, which we'll talk about more on the next episode, and Oklahoma stays in, in, in its current holding pattern. There's just too much for West Virginia to overcome. So what does this say? Because I had a friend that's like, this is a bad look for the Big 12. You, you, you can't leave the Big 12, a Power 5 conference school, to go to a Group of 5 school. Well, yeah, you can when it's Houston, and they're going to pay, and you're going to have to pay lesser, you know, play against lesser competition and have an opportunity to win 10 games every year and 
possibly get yourself into a situation like UCF where you're the highest ranked group of five school which gets you into a New Year's Six Bowl. In Houston, you really do have an opportunity to go to a New Year's Six Bowl more than you do at West Virginia. And it says something we already knew about the conference which is you've got OU and Texas and when they're dominant and when you're a Kansas State or a West Virginia or an Oklahoma State or a Tech or a TCU or whoever, you need to, to get into the conference championship game, you generally need one of them to be not very good. Most likely, with the way things are starting to trend now, you're going to need both of them to not be very good. Plus, you're in a situation where you have to overcome maybe an Oklahoma State or a TCU or a Tech if you're West Virginia, and that's just too much. And 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 that look, this is not just the Big Twelve thing. This is an this is an every conference situation. Think about it if you're Texas if you're if you're Texas A and M or you're Arkansas. Let's take Arkansas for a second. LSU's got to be not very good. Alabama has got to be. Me- mediocre or not as good as they have been over the last couple of years. And Auburn probably has to be off their game a little in order for you to get a shot to go to the SEC championship. It's a lot to overcome. You may be good. You may be winning nine, eight games every year, but Arkansas fans aren't going to be happy with that because even though that should be their standard, it's really not their standard. They're going to demand more and they're going to fire you. Houston's standard is to win 10 games every year. But it's not an unrealistic standard as long as they're in the All-American Conference. As long as they stay in that conference, you can have the expectation of winning 10 games every year. And if your coach isn't doing it, you can get rid of him and you can feel good that the next guy coming in is going to have that opportunity. If for some reason Houston were to go to the Big 12, then you have to taper those expectations. Because I very seriously doubt that most years they're going to be as good as both Oklahoma and Texas. Just doubt it. And even if there's that one year that they that all three teams are equal, you still may be the team that gets left out of the Big 12 championship because you lost to both of them. You may lose to both of them in close games. And I don't know if it's so much about the Big 12 as it, as it really is much about the school situation. And I looking at some of the guys that have interviewed for that, Luke, Luke Fickle, who was the interim coach at Ohio State when Jim Tressel left or got fired. Uh, who else was there? You had the guy from Troy and then the current defensive coordinator. Those are the guys that have been interviewing for that job. I, yeah, I think Troy going from Troy to West Virginia, that's a good move. I think for Luke Fickle, if you want to be a head coach, going to West Virginia is a good move. If you're the defensive coordinator, yeah. But I think those are the guys that they're going to get. They're not going to go pluck a whole lot of other people out of their current situations. If I'm in Mississippi State, I would leave and go to Houston because there's too much to overcome in order for you to have an opportunity to win a national championship. And realistically, when we talk about winning the national championship, I don't know how many schools out there have that shot anymore. I think it's a I think it's one of those nice ideas, but schools like Oklahoma and Alabama and Ohio State, Clemson, I Clemson's in that category now until maybe Florida State gets going again, maybe Miami. And I don't know. I think we've seen the last of the Miami dynasties. I mean, if if your best hire is Manny Diaz, 
then you've got real problems at Miami. Because I've never been impressed with that dude. And here he is taking over the U. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that working out. As a matter of fact, if I'm West Virginia, I'd probably go hire Mark Richt. Um, he did a really good job at Georgia. Uh, not, maybe not that great a job at Miami, but I also think once he got down to Miami, he, he realized that it's not what it was when he played there. And you're going to have to always contend with SEC schools and the two state schools. And yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's re- it's real tough. And, and I think that's, you know, as I'm kind of going, just kind of droning on and on about this, ultimately what it means for the Big 12 is that you've got two schools that are going to be able to be competitive every single year. And as long as OU and Texas are competitive, they're going to have opportunities to get into the playoffs. And most likely, anybody else after that, because they're not really a name brand, will probably be left out of this conversation. But that's just where you are in the Big 12 right now. Dana Holgerson, I think, realized that. He realized what was going on at West Virginia He knew he had topped out, so now go to a situation where, yes, the ceiling is is limited, but the ceiling is more realistic to where you can get than maybe where you can get at WVU. Same with K-State, TCU, etc. I mean, just go so forth and so on. It's not so much about the conference as it is about the school. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on LOS... Sooners fall to Kansas, but even though they had a gutty performance, why OU should not take this as a moral victory? We'll have all that coming up here in just a moment. You are locked on Sooners. Your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Locked on Thunder is out as well. And you can get that at LockedOnThunder.com, at LockedOnPodcast.com, Alexa, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. <laughs> and I think I think we're still available on Apple iTunes. Yes, we are in fact available on Apple iTunes. We are the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Oklahoma men's basketball team goes and loses a tough one in Kansas. Not the first time, not the last time that that's going to happen. Uh, people moaning and complaining about certain calls happening in the fog. I'm sorry, I can't go down that road. Just just can't, just drives me nuts when people talk about home cooking because it happens all over college basketball and that's just one of the things that you have to fight and get over and realize you're going to play, uh, realize you're playing against. Just deal with it. Figure out a way to get, a, fi- figure out a way to, to get over it. However, what I, as gritty as a performance as that was for OU, There was that lull in the first half that the Sooners tend to get into. They got off to a great start. Then they hit that lull. Kansas went on their run. And OU found themselves too deep of a hole and ultimately to dig out of. But even when digging out of that hole, they had their chances because Kansas would go flat. And honestly, I don't know about you. I wasn't all that impressed with Kansas. I had going in, I had had all these grandiose ideas of what Kansas was going to be. And I knew that they had lost to, to Arizona State and they had struggled with New Mexico State. But honestly, I'm thinking, okay, this is them getting sort of ready throughout the non con. They'll fill things out. And when the big, tw- once it turns January, Kansas will be Kansas. I didn't see that. 
I didn't see that. And I thought OU played hard, but when you have your chances to win, I don't want OU walking out of Lawrence thinking, well, hey, you know, we played a top 10 team really good and OU's just a top 25 team. No, you should walk out of there pissed off looking at the film, realizing that there were missed opportunities all along the way that you could have easily corrected. And it's just a matter of Lon Kruger now getting those opportunities corrected for your chance, one, to beat Kansas when they come down to the LNC a little bit later this year. But looking at the rest of the Big 12, you know that it's going to be a tough road. You played a really good game on the road, but now you should at least have some confidence, even if you're not taking a moral victory out of it, at least have some confidence that when you go to Iowa State, when you go to GIA, when you go to K-State, when you go to any other place in the Big 12, you should have confidence that you should be able to compete on the road with just about anybody in the Big 12. And I think I think OU can do that. Um, McNeese was a big difference maker in that game, his absence. And I know he tried to give it a go. I didn't think that I did not like that decision seeing him out on the court with him being so banged up that I I would have thought that it'd be better for him that if you're just going to sit out for a game, sit out for a game. Even if you're watching your team struggling, guarding in the paint, that's something that Manic and Doolittle have got to get better at themselves. You may want to go help him out, but if you're going to suffer a setback or there's the risk of suffering a setback, don't go out and push it because there's enough schedule left where you're going to be needed throughout the rest of the schedule. Don't get yourself hurt over this this one game because in the long run, yeah, OU loses this game, but I don't think anybody at OU's thinking conference championship this year. They're thinking NCAA tournament, which is what you should be thinking every year is NCAA tournament. Don't get yourself hurt and ultimately get this team into a situation where you're costing them an opportunity at the NCAA tournament. So if for some reason he can't go against Oklahoma State on Saturday, I don't see it where it's a big deal. Oklahoma State did play tough against Iowa State, but they lost at home. I don't think this OSU basketball team is very good, and this ought to be a game that that OU goes out and wins wins pretty easy on Saturday. And speaking of that Bedlam basketball on our next podcast, we'll talk about when Bedlam basketball meant something, when it was an actual event, when Bedlam basketball would happen and how those days have have passed us by and why they've passed us by. And will it ever be an event again? And I'll tell you why it may not be. It's all coming up here on the Locked on Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. And until the next show, I wish you nothing but the best. May God bless you and your family. And, of course, peace, love, and Boomer Sooner. You are Locked on Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.